Welcome into the Political Zone. It is great to be here. Great to have you. We've got a lot to get into today. But before we get started, this is the first ever episode of the Political Zone. So let me just take a second and explain what this is. Some of you may know me from my other podcast, Red Zone Radio, where I talk about sports. This is going to be a little bit different, obviously. It's called the Political Zone. And yes, we will be talking a lot about politics. But more importantly than that, we're going to be talking about how those politics affect our day-to-day lives, how it affects our culture. Because in my opinion, politics has gotten a lot deeper than just Republican versus Democrat, conservative versus liberal. It has gotten to the point where because we align our political beliefs, which are belief systems in religion and life, because obviously we align what we think of politics with what we think about life and what we think about religion, now we view anybody that takes a stance against our politics that they're taking a stance against your belief system in life and that's a lot deeper right and so we're gonna be talking about how politics affects that how it affects our daily lives how it affects the culture we'll be getting into all of that but let's get started with today's episode and the first ever topic on the show and it's a big one the senate sex scandal all right let's get right into it so i'm reading this off fox news website Senator Ben Cardin's office announced that it fired a staffer who was rumored online to be involved in the incident. The incident, of course, was this staffer had filmed a gay sex tape in the Senate hearing room. Okay, so let's just, before we talk about all the reasons that that is wrong, and it so obviously is, I read on USA Today. This is an article by David Oliver. D.C. is buzzing about a Senate sex scandal. What it says about the way we discuss gay sex. The article goes on to talk about examples of, of course, heterosexual sex scandals. And how they wouldn't necessarily be viewed in the same light. Okay. So this has been the left's M.O., for a long time and it has gotten it has gotten to the point now where even if they are so clearly in the wrong they will use their identity politics get out of jail free card on anything that you can think of because they care less about the fact that a sex tape was filmed inside the respected the somewhat sacred Senate hearing room, and they care more about the fact that maybe it's not being covered the right way because the two people in the video are gay. Republicans and conservatives and the right in general kind of have this narrative. People have this narrative about them that, you know, they're a little uptight about certain things, and albeit there are some times that it drives me crazy. They, They complain about a movie that's on. You don't have to love the movie. But they have they have issues with things that I that I sometimes sit there and think why why even waste your time on it like there's no reason to be complaining about everything I I agree with that but in the last few months people have been trying to prove this narrative that Republicans are uptight and they have an issue with change because of course the change that the left is trying to tell Republicans they are uptight for not accepting is they're uptight because they won't accept 
people that support Hamas and they don't accept people that support the slaughter of innocent Jews. Or, or Republicans are uptight because they don't support the murder of the baby in the womb. And now, of course, they're uptight because the Republicans are saying, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be shooting a gay pornography video in the Senate hearing room. And now the left is worried that it's not being covered the right way. This they They care so much about how it's being covered that they don't even care that it happened. This is just like what's happening at the border. They care so much about how much the people that are coming over here illegally, they care so much about how they're being viewed because of the color of their skin, they don't even care that they're coming over here illegally. This is the issue with identity politics, is that when you say that a person cannot be criticized or that they're being criticized unfairly because of their skin or sexual orientation or whatever you want to say, even though what the action that they're doing is so clearly egregious and so clearly wrong that you can't deny that it's wrong, then identity politics doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't help. It doesn't It doesn't further society in any way. It basically just gives anybody a get-out-of-jail-free card and they could say, oh, you're just saying this because I'm gay or you're just saying this because of the color of my skin or... Maybe it's being said because you shouldn't be shooting a gay pornography video inside the Senate hearing room. That is that is where identity politics... I mean, really, I don't think identity politics does any good in the first place. But, I mean, you cannot sit there and legitimately defend this action. I don't care if the person was gay or straight. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. By the way, is it funny how the left will sit there and they'll tell women that it's demeaning for them to stay at home and raise kids and to grow another human inside them. They literally have the ability to grow a person inside their bodies. That's the meaning and they should go to work and work a 9 to 5 job but it's empowering for two gay people to have sex inside the senate office do you see that's what i find ridiculous it's the meaning for a woman to do that but for two men to do it inside the senate office that's empowering and i think this is where the left's ideology really crumbles upon itself Okay, so Joe Biden, and I'm sure you've seen the video, it was somewhat of a strange video where a car was crashed into and he was walking into his car and then he got, and then when you heard, the, you don't see it in the video, but you hear the crash, you see all these men surround him. And so, but but something more important than the sound of the crash in that video was the fact that in the video, Joe Biden is asked, basically, what do you think about the poll numbers? Why are you losing Donald Trump? To which Joe Biden responds, well, they're the wrong polls. Okay. Even though a report came out that he was upset with his team and said that the poll numbers aren't acceptable. So, so 
let's assume for a second that the poll numbers are not wrong. And let's assume that there was an election held today, Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden. Why is that? Well, of course, there's a lot of reasons that go into the voting. But I think personally, the main reason, it doesn't, of course, obviously, it all has to do with it. Obviously, the economy, what's happening at the border, the wars that are going on, of course, those influence the voters' decisions. But in my opinion, the main reason Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden isn't the fact that he is an entertainer, as Hillary Clinton would say. And it isn't even the fact that when he was president, he delivered on a lot of what he said he was going to do. You don't have to be crazy about Trump. There's a lot of stuff I don't like about Trump, but he delivered on a lot of what he said he was going to do. And the economy was striving under Donald Trump. And the border crisis was better under Donald Trump. But let's leave that aside for a second. What Donald Trump does, and this is why I personally, I really like Vivek Ramaswamy. I don't know if he's going to have an upset in the polls. I don't know what's going to happen. I really like him. I also like Donald Trump. But one of the things that those two do really well and that Joe Biden doesn't do is they sell a message. Hillary Clinton said that Joe Biden's not popular because he's boring, because he does his job so well. I think that's inaccurate. I think the reason those two are so popular, you don't have to love everything about Donald Trump. I wish that he wasn't on Twitter as much. I wish that he didn't respond to every criticism. But as a leader of the country, he has what it takes to be a leader. There's a lot of, let me tell you something, there's a lot of football teams that have coaches that the players don't like everything about the coach. But the coach can sell them matches to the locker room and they can win games. You don't have to love everything about Donald Trump, but he can sell them matches to his country and we can succeed and thrive moving forward because how can we thrive when half of the country hates the United States forget about to me the economy the border crisis those are all just side effects and symptoms of what the real deeper causes Donald Trump and in my opinion Vivek they're the only two candidates that I see running and I I like Ron DeSantis but in my opinion those two do it really well that can sell a message. You don't have to love everything they say. You don't have to agree with every inkling of what they say. But here's a question for Joe Biden. Even if it wasn't what Republicans agree with, right? Like, like even if his message and his mission was to was to do the opposite of what the conservative party wanted, does he actually have one? Does he actually have a message or a mission? W- what is his direction? I, 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 he doesn't sell a message. Donald Trump sells a message, and you don't have to agree with every minute detail of that message. You don't have to agree with every minute detail of the direction that he wants to get this country in. But he has a direction, it's clear, cut, and dry, and he is going to do everything in his power to make his vision come true, as as would Vivek, I believe. I, I Forget about whether or not you would agree with what Joe Biden wants to do. What does he want to do? That would be my question to any Democrat. What is his mission? What direction does he want the country to head in? Because, of course, the economy and the border and all of that is not good. But but what is his ultimate goal for the country when he leaves office? With Donald Trump and Vivek, you have one. You have a clear-cut, dry message. Put America first. Make it the superpower again. Allow people to easily put food on the table and gas in their gas tanks. And allow people the freedom to say what they want and make the American dream 
something that is real again. Make the American dream something that feels realistic to Americans. I don't I didn't agree with just about anything that Barack Obama said, okay? And but he had a message. He had a mission. Joe Joe Biden doesn't have one. Even if I disagreed with it, I I don't see it. He's never he's never made it clear. And and to be honest with you, I and I got nothing against Ron DeSantis. That is somewhat my issue with Ron DeSantis is that he talks about the issues he's going to fix, but he doesn't talk about what he eventually wants to happen by the time he leaves office. He doesn't talk about what he wants the end goal for his campaign to be. And that it factor, that mission, is is really what separates those two candidates for me. You don't have to love everything they do, but it separates them for me personally. And I know people, you may think that that's like a cheesy thing. Oh, it's just who cares what they say. You are not going to do anything if you do not have a vision of where you want to eventually end up. So I, that is where I struggle with Joe Biden. And so he says that the poll numbers are wrong. Well, for his sake, you better hope that they are wrong. He, he cannot, he doesn't sell anything to the American people. And so that is why, in my opinion, he's losing so badly in the polls. It's not just because all those numbers are terrible, and they are. It's because he does not have a cut and dry message to the American people. And he certainly does not have the ability to articulate it and say it in the mic and on a podium. Okay, last story today. Vivek Ramaswamy had a message for Van Jones, who was on CNN. And after the last debate, where Vivek pointed out facts, Van Jones was on CNN, and he said that he was shaking. That he was shaking because he, cause it was, he was so scared of what, of what Vivek Ramaswamy was saying. And Vivek, of course made a point to tell him to shut the F up, which was brilliant. And I think something that you're seeing with CNN and the and the liberal media is that they have this inability, and this is kind of to an extent what I was just talking about Joe Biden, they have an inability to sell their product, okay? Because it's so bad. I mean, that's just true. Their product is so terrible. The, the values and the beliefs in the systems that they are trying to get Americans to buy into, it's so terrible. It's so awful. And the American people are somewhat starting to realize that, that they now have to just try and attack the messages that someone like Vivek is selling about putting America first. And that's so scary, apparently, to Van Jones that he was shaking because Vivek is the rise of an American demagogue and of course he is the next Donald Trump but he'll outlive Donald Trump so it's even worse and he and he's a Nazi and I just it's so obvious what is happening they again their product is so terrible that they do this and so Vivek decided that he was gonna answer him tell him to shut the f up and I thought it was the proper response because what Vivek is doing here is I what he said it was not out of frustration. I mean, I'm sure he is frustrated, but in my opinion, it's not out of frustration. It was born out of the fact that he was frustrated, but I don't think it was about himself. He was frustrated about what CNN has been doing for years and years and years, which is try to fear Mongol people because they cannot convince you 
to vote for their own politicians and buy their own product. So the only thing they could do is attack the other product. But of course, it's saying you, you can't attack Vivek on simple facts that he said because what he said was facts. So be, all you can do is sit there and say, I'm shaking, I'm shaking, and somebody's going to buy into it. And that's where Vivek's frustration came from. I don't think it was the fact that he was attacking Vivek himself. It came from the fact that CNN has been doing this for years and years and years, and, and people need to wake up to it. I think this is starting to wake people up to it. And that's where the frustration came from. And good for Vivek for saying that. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Political Zone. I hope you enjoyed it first one. We'll have many more to come. Have a great day, and I will see you next time on The Political Zone.